Hello, B2B marketers. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast where we help new B2B marketers look good at work every day. We offer tangible marketing advice, help boost your confidence in your skills, and give you access to the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard, and in today's episode, I invited my good friend, Miles Madden, Performance Marketing Manager at Refine Labs. We chat about our journeys from being very new in B2B marketing to moving up the ranks into marketing leadership roles. If you want to learn about how to plan for your career development, keep listening to the nine things you can do to help you get promoted. And as usual, you can find the blog in the show notes. Also, shout out to all the new listeners I see you coming from the US, Germany, and India. Love you guys. Hey, Miles, welcome to the Marketing Bound podcast. Hey, how's it going, Laura? Good to finally meet you. I know, right? LinkedIn buddies, and now we're finally talking. So this is great. Eventually, I think we'll meet too. You live in Orlando, pretty close, and I go there often. So I think we're good. We'll see. We've so. got uh, quite a few B2B marketers in Orlando, actually. So we could have yeah? a B2B launch. Never know. <gasps> is yeah. it all like all Refine Labs? No, uh, two Refine Labs people, um, but I've actually met probably three or four other people who are B2B marketers in Orlando, which is surprising. Um, so there's a little, we've got a little, there's a little community. Okay. Well, yeah, if you guys yeah. put something together, let me know, let me know. But I'm very excited that you're here because we're going to be talking about how marketers can rise up in the ranks and really make themselves, you know, seen in the corporate world. And I love that. And this is actually based off one of Miles' posts on LinkedIn. So if you guys aren't following him yet, definitely go follow him because all of his posts are amazing. But yes, let's just dive into your post. So you said nine things that marketers can do to get promoted. And the very first one seems a little obvious, but we should address it, is uh, drive results. <laughs> so talk to me about that a little. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty passionate about this topic. First off, this is something that I experienced. This is not uh, some hypothetical. A lot of times when we jump on, jump on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. we're reading content that people read from a book, but then experience and practice. So previous to Refine Labs, I was at another company and went from intern to marketing director, of course, now at Refine Labs. So this is stuff that I've implemented, I've tested and experimented with, and it works. That's important. Uh, That's important. So yeah, yeah, this is tested. Um, so hopefully it gives it a little more weight. Um, but first things first, driving results being that point number one, you've got to perform. Um, <laughs> you got to, that's how companies stay afloat, right? You have to drive mm-hmm. results. If you don't drive results, your business goes under. It's very black and white. So mm-hmm. um, the first thing is you have to show expertise in your craft, show that it works. And if it's not working, show that you can make it work. There's so much value in that. Um, and basically for, for, you mean like hitting KPIs, right? Hitting KPIs. Yeah. So that's okay. simple. So I have a question for you and it's a little off of your post. Um, I worked for a company where KPIs for marketing were not clear. Okay. In that situation, how do you prove that you're driving results? What recommendations would you give to the listeners? First, I would, I would really push to get those KPIs. So we could go down the road of, I didn't have my KPIs and, and what do I do? But 
Um, for you to be successful, there's only one way to gauge if something's working or not, and that's if there's something to gauge against. Um, if we don't have a metric, if we don't have a goal, how do we actually know if something's working or not? Um, and so that's in Miles' topia. That's in the perfect world. You really have to push for that change and get those KPIs. But um, I'm a realist, so there are times where you're not given a KPI. Um, and so with that, even if it's not established between you and your manager, set KPIs for yourself and see if you can push those. Um, it makes the conversations with the manager a little more tough when you guys don't have a KPI, but at least, you know, for your personal growth, you're getting better. I think that's super important. That's actually what I ended up doing. And I was like, I can't just kind of like float around here. I have to know what I'm working towards. And I established like three, four KPIs. I'm like, let's track this and let's track how it's, you know, part of the funnel and part of all of our other projects. And eventually I got them to agree. But yeah, guys, first things first, if you want to rise up in the ranks, you got to drive results. And that brings us to the second point. And you wrote solve problems, especially others. Ooh, I feel like there's a story here. Tell us about yeah. that. Uh, there's many stories, but we'll, uh, we'll save those. Um, really what it is, I, I've seen this, especially at the, the enterprise structure, there's a lot of meetings, a lot of ideas thrown around, a lot of conversations. But doing the actual work, that's the toughest part. And that's what happens the least. And so first off, you have to solve your problems. You can't help someone else if you're not good. So make sure you, you solve the problems that you're encountering. But more importantly, solve others' problems. It shows that you're for the team. You're not for yourself. And we're trying to grow a company, although we're trying for our own career advancement as well. But when you show that you're here for the company and you're trying to drive, drive growth um, and you're helping other people, that displays that you're here to win as a company. Um, on top of that, not only does it help the company grow because you're solving business problems across the board, but just the relationships it creates. And there's so much value to that. I have relationships with people that I've worked with at previous companies and now it's benefiting me um, either uh, from a financial perspective because they hire me for some one-off work or I just have great friends. And, you know, we're always in business mode, but there's human mode too. And uh, helping others makes life a little sweeter. Oh, I love that. And out of curiosity, your previous job, what size like company was it? Uh, yeah, it was a small company, a startup company. So we had roughly around 13 employees. Um, which has been a good experience. So I went from the startup scene uh, and I've worked all the way up to enterprise level companies. Um, so I've kind of seen the operations between each stage of company, which is a really unique experience that I'm grateful for. Mm, you must have learned so much during that. How many years did you stay there for? I was there for about two and a half, three years. Oh, nice. And you went from intern to director of marketing. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun Wow. Journey. Okay, well, with that, let's go into the third point. And that is to be vulnerable and ask for help. So I am sure that people would be so nervous to be vulnerable. So mm -hmm. what, what do you mean exactly by be vulnerable and ask for help? One of the biggest things that I've, I've noticed, especially in the rapid growth and enterprise sector, is that everyone 
doesn't ask enough questions or are not vulnerable. So there's actually a bunch of confusion in these meetings, but it's because nobody wants to be vulnerable. I've had conversations with VPs of marketing and CMOs where their definitions of core marketing terms were completely different. And how are we supposed to have a productive conversation if our definitions are different? And so I really urge, um, especially people going throughout their marketing journey to be vulnerable and ask the stupid questions because over time, that vulnerability is great for leadership. People can come to you and be vulnerable to you themselves. Um, but you, all, you also learn a bunch and, and you're not going into the boardroom knowing a bunch of terms without the actual definitions and really lacking a deep understanding. Yeah, those clarifying questions are so key. Guys, everybody who's listening, don't be scared to raise your hand in a meeting because it's better to ask a clarifying question in the first meeting than like three years in. <laughs> like just ask right away, <laughs> get it off your chest. The next one I'm very curious about in your list here, it says lead education for a new tool and channel. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this kind of goes back to the point about solving others' problems. Um, number one is really, especially in marketing, it's really good to, to be progressive. Um, so new tools, new tactics, new channels constantly um, are coming about. So great example, Google Analytics 4. That's disrupting analytics and data right now because we're all used to universal analytics. Now there's this completely new interface, yada, yada. Um, but also, uh, like I said, rounding it back out to that point number two, it shows that you're actually trying to develop others, trying to de develop the company, trying to push it forward. Um, and not only does it help with your leadership ability, it helps with project management. You essentially have to create this mini little uh, uh, course that you, you push people through and keep people accountable. Um, and yeah, people are really grateful for it. When you help other people level up, um, that's, that's great because it's gonna help the company. So you're saying a tool that everyone's gonna have to use, but what about new tools where you're trying to get buy-in? Uh, I see, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm actually, um, I have a, a little different perspective on this. Um, the, the modern B2B marketers inundated in tools and channels and all these things. Um, I like to keep it simple. So as far as software and tools, I don't, um, I don't have a huge MarTech stack. I'm more referring um, to new channels such as, let's say Reddit ads or Twitter ads expands or free basic tools like Google Analytics for things that essentially every marketer should be using, like HubSpot or Salesforce, something that's very core. Um, as far as tools or channels that go out of these, what I call core digital tools, um, getting buy-in, honestly, I don't have a lot of uh, opinion on this because I, I just don't. I think that's we fine. make marketing way too complex when we stack on too many tools. And we that's don't have like a foundation. That's true. That's true. That's true. So then let's jump into the next tip. The All next right. tip is genuinely care and connect with others. Do you mean internally and externally? So I actually saw a post the other day. It was from uh, Jacob, Jacob Vanna. I forget his name. He's really I know exactly who you're talking about. Talking about. Yeah, <laughs> really, really big on LinkedIn, which is crazy. I can't remember his name, but marketing guy. And he had a post the other day 
that was like people, people who are the best at their job versus people, individuals that people really like or something like that. Um, and you can be the smartest, I guess the punchline I'm getting to is you can be the smartest individual, but if you haven't built relationships with people, then your knowledge is almost not applicable. People may not trust you. Um, they might, may not listen to you because there's not that mutual respect. Um, and if I, if I had to prioritize this list, I would say genuinely care and connect with others would be number one. You have to build relationships and that's what builds credibility, authority. These are things you and I were talking before the show. And that's how you get people to actually listen to you, get buy-in, um, effectively communicate some of your opinions and ideas and, and get buy-in from that. Um, and yeah, you could be the smartest person in the world. And nobody cares to listen to you. It's, it's almost a waste, right? Yeah. And key word there is genuine because mm -hmm. a lot of people are not genuine. <sighs> so yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm I, really, sorry, go just, I just sparked a memory. You were like, oh yeah, that <laughs> asshole or whatever. <laughs> it's just, man, we're all humans and we're all trying to mm -hmm. be better people and, and do better things. And um, genuine is the key word. I'm really glad you pointed that out because you see all these psychology books and these posts about uh, eye contact and ask them about your day and like this laundry list of things that you need to do to care about someone. But if you don't care, you don't care. It doesn't matter the list or the things that you do. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's a little bit of a pep peeve of mine. If you're a little passionate, but yeah, just be genuine, be yourself. Um, I love seeing those posts on LinkedIn where you're just like, why are you writing this? Like, don't people know that to care, you just need to care? It's crazy, right? It's, it's not a formula. It's, it's honestly very simple. I love when people overcomplicate things on LinkedIn. I, you know what we should do? You and I, we should do like reaction videos to like those kinds of posts. Like, well, obviously like what? We're on something here. Right? Right. I would. I was thinking about doing one the other day and I was like, we should totally do that. We would totally stand out. People don't do that on LinkedIn. <laughs> anyway, marketing in me is coming out. Okay. So your next one is about managing time and communicating effectively. And I just want to know, like, what are your top three tips to do that effectively? Yeah. Um, so this is a big one. If you can't manage your time and communicate effectively at your current level, how do you expect to go up to the next level with more responsibilities? You're just going to burn yourself out and not have time. So um, some of the things that I, I do to manage my time effectively, um, and then I'll touch on the communication part. Um, with managing time, I block off times in my calendar of focus time hide my Slack, hide my email, hide my LinkedIn, don't even look at it, throw my phone under the desk, no distractions, and just plug in, headphones on. Do so you guys know, you, you know the zone. You get I get it, I get it, yeah. Yeah, I want to go in full detail there. So yeah, um, so yeah focus time, I block off usually an hour or two um, where I'm very intentional about the things that I need to complete in that, uh, in that time. There is some law or principle, some psychological law or principle that states if you give yourself a certain amount of time, you will complete that task in that time. And so I, I believe that and, and it's worked for me so far. 
so that's what I do. Um, and then really the other, the other thing I have is on the managing time aspect, I, I have daily warm-up rituals and daily wrap-up rituals, especially working from home. I need to set that boundary. So daily warm-up, very structured, and the things I do, the wrap-up reflects it pretty, pretty closely. Uh, and that allows me to kick off my day really nicely, answer all my emails, all my slacks, know what I need to complete in the day, um, and at the end of the day, make sure I've taken care of that. Um, so that's managing time effectively. Communication, this one's very short and simple. Um, I dislike business speak. We all know we get in these boardrooms and we're using these weird phrases that we would never use with our friends. So of course you wanna be professional um, and you don't wanna be, uh, in my case, super bro or, or something like that, but um, just be yourself. <laughs> I, I have uh, a relatively light personality. I'm a happy guy and I make sure my, I communicate that way and act that way. And that makes my mm -hmm. communication so much more effective because it's, here we go, genuine. It's genuine. What? That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, yes. Just communicate more than you think is necessary, basically, is the advice that I would give. Because I think already, no matter how big your team is that you work on, in B2B especially, or in just in corporate in general, there's never enough communication. There's always someone being like, oh, I didn't know that. Always. Like, Absolutely. And every week, someone says something like that. And you can, that's why, just over communicate, basically, is what my advice would be. Yeah. Apologies for cutting, cutting you off, but yeah, it's it's gotten even worse in this remote environment. So you have to be very intentional about communication, making sure your Slack messages aren't a three-page paragraph. Like even how you format things is very important, especially in a, a remote environment. Yeah, um, just to encourage people to actually read the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, you're so right. Yeah. Anyway, so guys, manage time, communicate effectively. Also, I'll add another like time management tip, I guess, that I learned is that in my schedule, I literally block off the whole day on what I'm going to work on. And I share that with my managers so that they see what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, they love it. Oh, I'm going to steal that from you. They, steal it. They love it because every time they think about a meeting they go to my calendar first check what i'm up to and then they'll say like oh like can we move things around or whatever and i'm like yeah no problem but i'll like book the whole week the whole week is done like next week is done on my calendar and they love it because then they see what i'm working on and they never have to ask me about it they can just go to my calendar that's incredible <laughs> love that <laughs> okay so your next point I think this was a tough one. So your next point about helping people raise the ranks in their marketing position is publicly praise teammates. Ooh, that's rough, especially yeah. when it doesn't come from like top down. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about this one. Tell me a little a story. Absolutely. When you're trying to get promoted, what you seek for is public praise. But what you're getting promoted to as a leadership role. And as a leader, what are you supposed to do? Publicly praise the people you're managing. And so you have to flip it on its head. And this is one mistake I see a lot of people try, who are trying to get promoted do 
they, they're like trying to soak up all the, the good things they're doing, but you need to tell your teammates um, that they're doing a great job, be public about it. Of course, there's a, a cheesy way to do it, which I, uh, maybe that's not the right way to go about it, but there's different, different uh, mediums of how you can do that. So I won't get into that, but yeah, talking about your coworkers in a very positive light. And one thing that I've found has worked really well for me is uh, if I'm working with a client because we're an outsourced partner and the CMO jumps on the call and my main, point, my main point of contact is a VP of marketing, I give public praise to that CMO about how great that VP of marketing is doing. And that it goes to building that relationship. Um, and of course, you have to be genuine. If I didn't like that VP of marketing, I wouldn't say that about her, but she's fantastic. Um, and so when you do that, it helps with those relationships, but it shows leadership, especially if you're relatively younger in your marketing career. Wow, this person has a great head on their shoulder. They're trying to advance their team. They're trying to uh, manage up at a micro level. Um, and those things are recognized and are incredibly important. Yeah, that, and I find that something that's so rarely talked about, especially when getting promoted, because a lot of managers don't publicly praise so it's not even something that people are like accustomed to mm -hmm. and so that i find that such a really important point it's just not talked about enough but yeah okay that one that one was good the next one you wrote admit when you make a mistake oh yeah this is another big one um fine <sighs> line here of course there there's um you want to be polished in how you admit your mistake. You don't want to come across like, hey, I just wasted half a million dollars on Google ads, sorry, right? So you have to be um, a little polished. What I've found is if it's a big mistake, um, be very transparent in that mistake, but also be very transparent of what I did wrong and exactly how I'm gonna fix it. So that's, that's great. That's what I've seen work with big mistakes, little mistakes, much e easier conversation hey, this didn't work, I apologize, um, same structure, this is how I'm going to fix it. And when you come in with confidence and say, I messed up and I'm going to fix it and I'll be very open with how I fix it and be, be, it will be crystal clear, the data, things like that, builds that trust um, and nobody likes a know-it-all. We've had those conversations where like, Nobody's admitting the mistakes and there is clearly something wrong going on. And so if we ourselves don't set that precedent that it's okay to, to make mistakes, um, then we're just gonna set ourselves up to failure. And I like what you said about like, there's, there is a fine line, like you should absolutely be transparent, but there's a wrong way of doing it. <laughs> there is absolutely a wrong way of doing it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I think this list is pretty solid. And your last point is bring energy and passion always. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really important just before we dive into a little bit deeper, because if you don't bring energy and passion, then maybe you're at the wrong job to begin with and you'll never rise in the rankings if you're, if you don't already have that. 
And that's kind of a sign to let you kind of know that you should be moving company or something. But tell me about your experience, about how bringing energy and passion has helped you in your career. Yeah, that's so good. Like, like you said, passion's there. It's not, and if it's not there, then there's, it's going to be there, but just somewhere else. So completely agree with you there. Um, on the energy side, you can fake that. Um, of course, energy is fed through passion. I'm naturally very energetic in the professional environment because I am extremely passionate about this. I love this. And that's why people like Chris Walker um, and Megan Bowen are so authoritative and, and people listen to them because they are incredibly passionate about this stuff. Um, and so passion's there or it's not, um, but it really feeds your energy. If you don't have the passion, um, it's still, you can still be happy about life and at least be happy to be there. At the end of the day, you have a job, whether you're getting paid a lot or little, you're having an income. So there are good things in your day. Of course, I'm not like, I like to look at the class half full, but um, there's something to be excited about. Bring that energy. It can change your room, especially in the remote work environment. And as far as my professional um, career, how I've, how I've seen it uh, work well, or my example is that it's when you make the work environment fun, it motivates people to continue to solve problems, get past blockers, hit goals. And when you create that exciting environment, it, it gains momentum and things just are better. Life gets better. And so that's when you come in with low energy, um, the main point is that that's going to inhibit the uh, motivation to maybe solve a problem and things like that. So not only does it make it feel less productive or less exciting in the meeting, um, but it's going to, it's truly going to hurt your performance. I, I believe that. Yeah. And I, and back to your point, when you said like, there is always something to really be passionate about is that especially if you know that there's opportunity for you to grow within the company, then these are the nine steps you need. And part of it is to bring that passion every single day. So Miles, this is so fun. I think all the listeners are super happy to hear like the nine steps that have worked for you really jump in your marketing career and that they can apply it. And where can people reach you so that they can keep in touch with you? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. LinkedIn quite a few times a day. Um, my DMs are open, which is a funny way of saying that. But <laughs> I completely welcome meetings. Hit me up on, on LinkedIn. I truly am here to help. Love meeting people and love helping people. So message, message me on LinkedIn. I'll jump on a call, no problem. Um, and just love making friends and having fun conversations. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Miles. This was so fun. This was too much fun. Appreciate you, Laura. Now comes the fun part. Subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast to catch every single episode and make sure to leave a review so we can take the show to the next level. 